Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website and on the onset as we begin this study in the Word of God. I just want to thank you for being part of our listening family. Uh, I just uh, I, I, I can't say enough of how much we appreciate the fact that you have come back to this website and you are receiving the Word of God. Now, we have had people right here in America where this broadcast originates that have let us know what a blessing it is to them in other states other than Florida where this this ministry uh, originates from. But there are people all over the world that listen to Let's Talk About Jesus. And we have no idea unless we are contacted. We were contacted from a, a pastor in Africa that is a listener to Let's Talk about Jesus. So we have people that we have never met or heard from, but I believe we're going to meet them when we get to heaven. And we just want you, wherever you are in the world, on the World Wide Web, and you are coming to this broadcast, we want you to know that we welcome you. We appreciate you. God loves you. And he has instructions for whatever that you are facing in your life. He wants you to know how to trust him and how to obey him in your circumstance so that he can help you. He's committed to, to, your, to your salvation and your deliverance. Praise God. We're going to be talking about a subject. I hope it intrigues you. Uh, it, it is important to me as I revisit these scriptures. And we're going to be talking about giving it all to God. Giving it all to God. You know, there's kind of a cliched saying about giving it all to God that has a real depth of meaning. We should never let it become just a cliche to say, let go and let God. Country music song, uh, not too awful long ago, had the title. I never listened to the lyrics, but I know it was someone under pressure, having problems in life, overwhelmed by circumstances, and it simply said, Jesus, take the wheel. Well, we want to learn how to let go and let God and let Jesus take the wheel. You see, we got to turn loose of it, and we got to scoot over if we're going to let him take the wheel. So we're going to talk about how to do that, giving it all to God. Listen to 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, and verse 7. It simply says, Humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Then verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I don't have uh, uh, the it right here in front of me, but I can quote it verbatim from the Amplified. It would say, Casting all of your care, listen, the whole of your anxiety once and for all upon him. For he careth for you and watches over you affectionately. The reason that he, we can trust him so much is because of the fact that he loves us so much. And it doesn't start out with just believing him. 
It doesn't start out with just trusting Him in order to to believe Him and trust Him and cast our care upon Him. It starts out in context in verse 6. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due season. Praise God. It starts out with acknowledging God's sovereignty in our life, that everything has a purpose. And because God is sovereign, and He has a purpose for you and a purpose for me, uh, then then we're able to give it to Him. Whatever it is and whoever it is, we give our children to Him. We give our spouses to Him if, if need be. We give our circumstances. We trust Him. We cast all our care, therefore the whole of our anxiety, once and for all. And the humility is that we accept His sovereign purpose in our life. You see, I love Romans 8.28. Don't you love Romans 8.28? Many people have called it the, the, the knot at the end of the rope. <laughs> Someone said, if you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hold on. Well, this is the tie a knot in it scripture. Romans 8.28 And listen, verse 29, we need context to understand the text. You will immediately recognize verse 28 because it simply says that that everything in our life, everything without exception, everything in our life, God is able to make everything work together for good to them that love him, and here's his sovereignty, where we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, <laughs> for whom, for for whom he did foreknow, he did predestine. See, there's the sovereignty of God, for whom he did foreknow, Romans eight twenty nine. He did predestine to be conformed to the image of his own son. All things are working together for good to them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. And his purpose is that we might be more and more progressively like his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. And if we begin to cooperate with God's sovereign purpose in our life, then we can give everything and everyone to Him, casting all our care once and for all, the whole of our anxiety once and for all upon Him, because He careth for you. And that means the worry that is fear-driven, make no mistake about it, you can't, you can't have worry without fear. Fear is at the base and the foundation for all worry. And worry creates stress. And stress has all kind of negative consequences in our life. One medical journal recently stated, Worry is the number one mental health disorder in America. Proverbs 12 and verse 25 tells us, Heaviness. In the heart of a man maketh it stoop. 
You see, friend, anxiety pulls us downward. Listen to Romans twelve twenty five. I mean Proverbs twelve and verse twenty five from the New King James. It it doesn't say heaviness. It says what the Greek word connotates, or the Hebrew word rather connotates, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Hallelujah. Anxiety in the heart of a man, woman, boy, girl, causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Now, we're going to identify this problem, and we're going to bring you a good word to make it glad today. Hallelujah. The symptoms associated with anxiety generally involve one or more of these characteristics according to medical journals. Forgetfulness, inability to concentrate, irritability, inability to cope with even small problems. Uh, vacillation in making decisions. In other words, someone said one time that, that someone came to their, their psychiatrist or their psychologist and, and, and was asked the question, do you have trouble making decisions? And the answer was, well, yes and no. Absolutely. We can't decide on something. We can't be decisive and trust God. Misjudging other people. We think everybody's against us. We think everyone is out to get us and everyone is our enemy. Feeling persecuted follows that. Procrastination. We we put off things that we know we need to take care of and we need to do. And annoying dissatisfaction. These symptoms have dire consequences if they continue unchecked, including a feeling of drudgery about life. See, there's depression, especially toward work and task. A loss of excitement and enthusiasm. A loss of productivity, creativity, and energy. Damage, literal physical damage to our bodies. In one website about health, it says that stress that continues without relief can lead to a condition called distress. A negative stress reaction. Distress can disturb the body's internal balance or equilibrium, leading to physical symptoms including headaches, upset stomach, elevated blood pressure, chest pain, and problems sleeping. Research suggests that stress also can bring on or worsen certain symptoms and diseases. And here's some statistics to consider. 43% of all adults suffer adverse health effects from stress. 75 to 90% of all doctor office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. Stress is linked to six of the leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis of the liver, and suicide. You know, stress hides because there are other things that cause these problems like alcoholism and, and, and smoking and, and many other things. Stress tries to hide so that we don't acknowledge it and we identify it and deal with it. 
OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, declared stress a hazard for the workplace. In terms of lost hours due to absenteeism, reduced productivity and workers' compensation benefits, stress cost the American industry, listen, more than $300 billion annually. More than $300 billion annually. The lifetime prevalence of an emotional disorder is more than 50%, often due to chronic, untreated stress reactions. Stress hides all of these negative things that happen. And this is not just, not just the physical problems. There are, there are mental, emotional, and above all, spiritual consequences. Jesus taught in the parable of the sower and the seed that the cares of this life choke the word and cause it to become unfruitful. Yes, riches, the deceitfulness of riches, other things entering in, and the cares of this life. That's why First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all of your care, the whole of your anxiety, once and for all, on Him. You see, if we don't deal with, with this, this particular problem of carrying those cares, creating this stress, the Word of God that is so vital to our victory is choked. You know, faith comes, according to the Scripture, by hearing, and hearing by the Word of the Lord. And a vital piece of our spiritual armor, then, is missing. And it's called the shield of faith. We become vulnerable to our enemy, the devil. Let me read you something that before David Wilkerson went home to be with the Lord, he wrote. And this is important to pastors and ministers who may be listening. Ministers can carry stress, even for good reasons because we 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 feel so responsible and we feel that that we feel this pressure to be everything that God has called us to be and we should find pleasure not pressure in seeking to have a holy ambition for God we shouldn't be driven like the world is driven we should let Jesus drive. I know that's an oversimplistic statement, but I want you to hear this today. David Wilkerson said, and I quote, When my mind is loaded down with the cares of our church, that great church in Times Square, New York, so successful, so wonderfully uh, 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 successful in reaching people uh, for Jesus Christ and so full of believers and singers and helpers and workers. He said, when my mind is loaded down with the cares of our church, sermon messages, finances, relationships, I have a tendency to slouch. I look preoccupied. My brow is furrowed. Some people even tell me (laughs) I look sad. You see, heaviness in the heart of a man, and I'm not quoting Dave now, I'm just bringing that back into view. Heaviness in the heart causes 
a man to stoop in his spirit. And it actually will, will communicate to our physical body. Not long ago, he said, I was walking along 52nd Street near Hannah House, totally absorbed with church business, probably slouched over. I came upon a crack house where a woman sat on the stoop, smiling from ear to ear. I could see she was high on crack. She watched me approaching, and as I got nearer, she spoke up. And here's what she said to Dave Wilkerson. Mister, it can't be that bad. I was flabbergasted, he said. I thought, here is this woman, high on crack, and here I am, a man of God. She's smiling, <laughs> and I'm slouched over, as if all hope is gone. What a rebuke it was to me. Now, I, I want to make it clear today, we're not here to condemn anybody, because you may be slouched over. I've been slouched over. I may find myself slouched over again before this, this race is run, and I make it to heaven. But I have purposed in my heart not to stay in that condition and not to feed that condition. A good word can change everything, and the good word is in the word of God. Hallelujah. I used to preach a message titled, Holy Carelessness, out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You know what it says? It says, be anxious for nothing. Literally, don't worry about anything. And I know there are people out there saying, seriously, you don't understand what I'm facing. You don't understand my responsibilities, my necessities. You don't understand what I'm carrying. Yes, I do. I believe I do. I'm not in your shoes, but I've been in my shoes carrying enough to almost destroy me. The doctor that examined me he was a Christian doctor, and he said, "You're you're you're like a fuse. Your body is like a fuse box that's overloaded. Your heart is under intense pressure." And he 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 said, "You know, at any time, any part of your body could fail due to the stress and anxiety that you are carrying." Listen to this carefully. Be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding or comprehension, shall guard or keep your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can honestly say this this is easier to preach than it is to practice but friend of mine we must never give up we must never give in have you ever watched a mouse running inside a wheel he runs faster and faster the faster the wheel moves but he doesn't make the slightest progress he doesn't even have the mouse sense to get off the wheel that is exactly what anxiety and stress does to you and me. You run faster and faster. 
trying harder and harder and harder to meet the demands or of your responsibilities or prevent disaster, and you still do not have control over your circumstances. Something does not go quite right, and the frustration level continues to mount. Oh, friend, we've got to get off the wheel. Some comedian, lady comedian, uh, some time ago said, even if, you, even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. Friend of mine, we need to get off the wheel. We need to let Jesus take the wheel. We need to understand that by humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that we acknowledge God created us. He knows our deepest needs, and He longs for us to end the anxiety cycle and let Him lead. He says to humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares and your anxiety upon Him, because He cares for you. Notice, humble yourself before the Lord. It doesn't begin by believing God with strong faith. That's how it ends. It begins by trusting God with deep humility. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14 said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and then pray. Literally in the Hebrew, it means to be Subdued. It means to be under. What are we to be under? <laughs> the mighty hand of God. And the Bible has a lot to say about God's mighty hand. I'm just going to give you one Old Testament scripture for time's sake. Exodus 13 and verse 3. Literally, it says, This is after Israel. Exodus 13 and 3, God's people had been delivered out of Egypt and saved from slavery. And listen to what Moses said. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Hallelujah. Amen. God brought you out with a mighty hand. And when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we acknowledge that God is in control, even when it seems like everything is out of control. Amen. I want to say that again. To humble yourself under the mighty hand of God means to acknowledge God is still in control. He is still able, as the Scriptures declare, to subdue everything to Himself. And therefore, He's able to cause everything, not some things, but everything, to work together for good to them who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. 
And then his purpose is is revealed in verse 29. That's Romans 8, 28, the knot at the end of the rope that we hang on to, that God is in control. There is a purpose being achieved, and it is for our good. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And his glory. I want to say that again. It's for our good and his glory. <laughs> how, how can he get glory out of a near nervous breakdown in my life? Because I can tell other people in that place that I was in, where our faith is shaken, our doubts are rising up. We're wondering where God is and why he doesn't move on this issue and situation so we can get on with his work. <laughs> you know, we, we got things to do. We got things to accomplish. We don't have time to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Oh, but friend, when we do, we're going to find out just how mighty that hand is. He brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And I'm going to tell you something. If you will humble yourself under his hand today, God is going to bring you out with that same mighty hand. Glory be to God. Amen and amen. I'm going to tell you today, I, w I would never know God like I know God <laughs> unless I, he had taken me through my situation and not just immediately taken me from it. <laughs> I want it yesterday. Let's face it. I don't want to go through anything. But when we, when we understand there's a purpose in everything and God knows what my limits are and God knows what your limits are and he won't allow you to be tempted above that that you are able. But will with, oh wait, wait, with the temptation? Yes, with and within the circumstance make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Amen. I'm so glad to discover the God of the valleys. I'm so glad I know the God of the lonely places and the dark places and to know His faithfulness. Even when I can't sense Him, I can't see Him, I can't figure out why or what He's got planned. But I know one thing, if I will humble myself under His mighty hand, He will lift me up. And He's done that. I'm still in the pulpit. We're on our 46th year <laughs> of ministry. And the devil has never relented. He's never let up. He's not going to let up. I know there are trials ahead. There are tests as long as I live in this faulty body and in this fallen world with this this so determined foe, <laughs> there's going to be setbacks and there's going to be circumstances and there's going to be contrary winds and there's going to be rough seas. But there is a faithful God at the helm. And if we will humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he will exalt us in due season. Not when we feel like we're ready, but when he knows that we are ready Praise God. Amen. God wants us to see with new clarity that God alone is our shield and our 
protector. I want to say that again. Sometimes you have to get way down deep in that valley to see with perfect clarity that God alone is our shield and our protector. You know, your faith can shake. My faith can shake. There is no faith that can't be shaken. But God is faithful. And His faithful according, faithfulness, according to the Scripture, is like an anchor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sure and steadfast for our soul. That means for that part of us where the mind and the emotions and the will is, is involved in our soulish part of our man, where the worries are going to come, where fear is going to have to be dealt with. David put it this way, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. One of the consistent statements in the New Testament from Christ himself is, fear not. From the angels is fear not. From God is fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear get a hold on you. The word worry in, in the Latin uh, uh, comes from, from a wolf. was understood as a wolf grabbing a sheep by the neck and before eating it and devouring it, strangling it to death. Worry is something that strangles us. It strangles our faith. It strangles our joy. It strangles our creativity, our enthusiasm. It strangles our vision for Christ and what we can accomplish with His grace, His mighty hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, when we humble ourselves. David put it this way. He humbled himself. He, he's, he's a great king, but he said, you know something? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I don't have to be a king with a crown anymore. I just want to serve God. I just want to be a blessing to the Lord and be blessed by Him and be a blessing to people. You know, you get that attitude, God can use you. <laughs> Amen. But if you've got to be the great one and the mighty one, and I've seen so many people that didn't humble themselves. Remember what it said about Jesus? Though He thought it, not robbery, to be called equal with God, He humbled Himself and took on Himself the form of a servant and was obedient even to the death of the cross. Look at the humility. It starts with humility, bringing complete devotion and obedience and acceptance of the will of God. When He was in the garden, he prayed, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, see the humbling under the mighty hand of God. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. And the moment we accept God's sovereign will and purpose in our life, whatever circumstance brings us into that purpose, we accept that. And what happened? The Bible said that angels came and ministered to Christ. What he needed to obey God, uh, he was given supernatural ability to hold out 
literally through the beating and the scourging so that he could suffer to the full extent on the cross whatever we need from God concerning grace and strength it will be supernaturally granted unto us it will be for our good and his glory praise God so God wants us to see dear friend with new clarity brand new clarity amen what his his will and purpose is for our life. God loves you today. He really, really does. And He wants to lift you out of the miry clay. He wants to establish you by putting your feet on a rock. And then the Bible said He will give you a praise. He will put a song in your heart. And it will be a song of praise that will bring glory and honor to Him. Hallelujah. And the humble, the humble, this is the negative sense of that very positive virtue, the humble, those crushed by the circumstances of life. Amen. They'll hear about it and they'll be glad. You know what makes them glad to know? If God did it for David, God can do it for me. If God did it for Pastor Venable, God can do it for me. He will do it for me. God is no respecter of persons. He's my Father, too. He's my God, too. Jesus is my Savior and my Sovereign and my King of glory. Hallelujah. And He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will go with us all the way, even unto the end of the age. So today my challenge to you is to put your trust in the Lord. Let go and let God. Let Jesus truly take the wheel. Come out from under that burden that you are under and let the Lord show you His faithfulness, His love, His grace, and His glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And come back next week. And let's talk about Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't run from Him. You need Him. You don't need that alcohol. You don't need that drug. You need the peace of God reigning in your heart. And if you'll humble yourself, confess your sins, He will abundantly pardon you today. Yes, He will. We love you today. And we'll look for you next week so that we can grow together in grace and go together and win the race for the glory of God. In Jesus' name.